We're on the top of Yud Bez Amalala for the last two words on the first line. Yesterday, we said, in order to explain the Brisa that said that the Zav was not going to be liable for, carry, for putting the pouch on himself and going out on Shabbos, so we said, the reason was, we, we said that was going to be according to Mandamra, that things that are there to protect you from getting dirty are, are, have no meaning, and we compared it to the case, uh, we compared it to the case of the person who put the bowl upside down on the wall and, uh, and, uh, only, and only wanted to protect the wall and didn't want the water, etc., and was only there to protect the wall. But the Gemara said, and therefore that's how they wanted to defend it. As the Mandamar says, that anything to protect yourself, it has no significance on Shabbos. The Gemara says, get out of here. In the last word, it says, me dummy, is it comparable? There's no comparison. Over there, he doesn't want the water at all. Here, he wants the, he wants the pasha, to receive the emission. What's the point? The, the, the point is not comparable. It's true that there's a one thing, and that will be, it has nothing to do with it. It's true that over there, the whole point of, of the law by Meiser has to do with whether the person is happy about the water uh, coming down. And over there, he didn't want the water at all for any, for any purpose. He didn't want it for the bowl. He didn't want to clean the bowl. That's why he put the bowl upside down. He's not interested in the water at all. So therefore, the water that goes on the produce is meaningless. Over here, he definitely wants, the whole point is here, is he, is he intended to carry out the, to carry out the uh, pouch? And the answer is he is. He can't compare them. So the Gemara says, Holodami, if we were going to compare it to over there at all, El Safe would only be later on, uh, later on the Mishnah. So it's, not, it's not even an exact quote, but we said, if you'll have a bowl where, where the leak is going into it, but you have to read it's here where he put the bowl purposely right side up. It's a, it's a combination of things. He put the bowl right side up. So therefore he said, and even there, Miami and Tuzman explained, the, the water that comes into the bowl right side up, even though we're there, we did it to protect it. He put it right side up, which means he wants the water run respect, but the water that, that splashes out and uh, spla- that pops out and splashes out and overflows, that's not considered the positive putting of water that we need in order for the liquid to, uh, to prepare something to become tummy. But the one that's in it, that one, yes, has the, has the positive aspect, the positive quality, the water that goes into the bowl of, of water that he wanted, and therefore that water can prepare produce to become tummy. The point is, it's not comparable. Over here, we want that we want it. Ella, therefore, in order to explain the two Bryces, to say why one Bryces says that the Zav is obligated for the pouch, and one that says not, is a completely different argument. It's both Abai and Rava who both say that the argument between the two Bryces is a very famous argument. Lokasha, there's no difficulty to explain the two Bryces. Horeb Yehuda, this one, the one that says that he is obligated is Rabbi Yehuda, and the one that says he's not obligated is Rabbi, is, Rabbi, is, is, uh, is Rabbi Shimon. Why is that? Because Rabbi Shimon says there's an argument about when you say a malacha on the Mishkan has to have a certain purpose. If you do the malacha for that purpose, good, then you're obligated. If you don't, you don't. That's Rabbi Shimon. But, uh, but Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold that way. Now, the most famous example is, for example, let's say we take a corpse out of a, out of a house. So I don't want to take the corpse out of the house. I just don't want it in the house. So therefore, we say in a case where I just want to get the corpse out of there, is that called doing the, doing the malacha or not? So Rabbi Shimon says no. Rabbi Yehuda says yes. You wanted to take the corpse. I says, I don't want the, cor- I don't want the corpse anywhere. I just, I just want it here. I don't, I don't, I don't really, if I take the corpse because I want it there, that's doing a malacha. But if I just want to get it out of here, it's nothing. So over here, in a similar fashion, we can say in this big argument how to explain this, but we can say that over here he has no he has no purpose. He, he, he doesn't he doesn't want to have an emission at all. He wants nothing. He just has to protect himself. He has no he has no no interest in the pouch to do anything with it. He's not trying to do anything except he doesn't want to. The fact is he doesn't want to get dirty. He's not interested in the, in the emissions coming out anyway. He has no positive intention vis-a-vis the pouch. So and this is a 
long argument, we'll come to it much more later. So therefore, that we say that's the argument between the two Bryces. The Bryce that obligates is Rabbi Yehuda, who says that, that, that even if the Melacha is not for its own express purpose, it's still, it's still obligated. And, 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 and Rabbi Shimon, who says, with one that says it's permissible, is Rabbi Shimon says that in such a case you're not obligated. Tana to Be'erishma, we learned the following. Even though he said the tailor can't go out with his needle, a person's allowed to go out wearing tefillin on Erev Shabbos. I, what's the problem? Maybe I, one second, maybe he's going to go out on Shabbos if he does. My time, what's the reason? Since we learned the rule that a person has to constantly, he has to touch his tefillin, consistently, constantly, he has to be constantly aware of the fact that he's wearing tefillin. And it's learned as a kamachomer from the, from the head, head plate of the Kohen Gadol. When it came to the tzitz, which only mentions Hashem, Hashem's name once, it just says Hashem's name at one time, the Torah said superfluously, it shall be on his forehead constantly, which we already know, and therefore it means to say what? The Torah told us that the Kohen Golo can't stop thinking about can't take his attention away from the from the head, head plate. Tefillin sheish b'mas karas harbe. When it comes to the tefillin, which have many times Hashem's name mentioned, al chas kamo kamo. All the more so, a person has to think about them constantly, and therefore he has to touch them constant consistently, so that he shouldn't stop being aware of them. The hilkach. Therefore, mid kadachlu, he'll always remember that he has tefillin, and we're not worried that he's going to walk out with them on Shabbos. Tanya, we learned. Chananya Omer. Chayvod the mashbegad ve'er Shabbos im chashech. We learned the person has to check his clothing on erev Shabbos as as nighttime is coming in. Why? Lest he lest he carry on Shabbos. On Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says hilchos a rab rabasi l'Shabbos. This is a great uh, principle rule to stop a person from transgressing the Shabbos. Now we learned in the Mishnah very, in the, a very interesting combination. It says that a person shouldn't check his clothing for lice, and he shouldn't read. Uh, he shouldn't read by the light of uh, by the light of the lamp. So we don't know if light of the lamp is modifying only the second case reading, or if it's also modifying uh, uh, checking the clothing clothing for lice. What's the difference? In one case, the problem is that you can't check your clothing for lice because we'll hold the opinion that a louse is, is, is forbidden to kill on Shabbos. And the problem is killing the louse. And therefore, even in the daytime, you can't check your clothing for Shabbos. Or, no, both of them are the same problem. The, you're allowed to kill, killing lice on Shabbos is not, a, is not a Torah prohibition. And therefore, checking your clothing for lice is not going uh, to be a problem. The only problem is that checking your clothing for lice, just like reading next to the, next to the lamp, leads us to a problem that perhaps you'll, adjust, you'll tilt or adjust the lamp. So the Gemara now let's read it. Below you follow Kalo. So we said that you should not check your clothing for lice. Ibailu. So we the, we we had a question. The the rabbis in the base Medrash didn't know. Below you follow Bayom. Is it talking about two separate things? He shouldn't check his clothing for life in the daytime. I.e., even in the daytime, Shema Yarog. Maybe he'll kill a louse. That is that the problem? Rabbi Eliezer, and this will follow the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, who holds that killing lice on Shabbos is forbidden from the Torah. The Tanya. Rabbi Eliezer, how are you kidding Shabbos? He said, who Rabbi Eliezer said, a person who kills a lasso on Shabbos, kilo hore gamos, like he killed a camel, like he killed a gigantic thing. In fact, it's little as nothing. It's absolutely Torah forbidden. So the Velo Yikra, and then as a separate point, Laura on there, and then you can't read by the lamp, Shema Yata, perhaps you'll, he'll tilt the lamp, he'll adjust the lamp and, 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 uh, and, uh, and, and transgress the prohibition of Lighting a fire on Shabbos, making a fire. Oh, Dilma, Tarbano, maybe it's not, maybe they're not separate. Maybe Tarvayu Shema Yata. Maybe both of them are only a problem of tilting the lamp, but there's no problem of, it's fine as far as during the daytime, it's fine to check your clothing for lice on Shabbos, as we'll see, because we're not, we don't have a Torah prohibition of killing lice. Tashma, come, I'll bring you a proof 
I'll bring you a proof to answer the question that proves that they are both only a problem of tilting the lamp. Because we learned in Abraisa, we learned in Abraisa, don't check your, your, your clothing for lice and don't read by the light of the lamp. So the word says, what are you talking about? That didn't solve the problem. I still have the problem with the modifier. I don't know if it goes on both or who goes on the, on the one. Mia Lima must I understand the quote that you made me from this Abraisa. Is it any better than the Mishnah? You're still going to be a doubt whether, what, whether the end modifies both or one. Says, okay, Toshua, don't worry, I'll bring you a better one that's clearer. It says you cannot check your, check your clothing for lights by the lamp, to the light of the lamp. And you can't read by the light of the lamp. Now it says light of the lamp twice. It's clear that the problem is the lamp and not a problem of killing lice. Okay? And he says, and, and we learn further, These are from the famous halachas that they set out in the, in the, in the upper story of Hananiah ben Chizkiah ben Goran. A very famous, very famous occurrence. So from here we hear the Tarvayu Shema uh, 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 Now we hear clearly, because it said both, both times the lamp, that both of them are, are, are a rabbinic decree, lest the person uh, tilt the lamp. Yes, you can hear that that's definitely a proof. And that's what the reason is. The truth is that the prohibition of, of doing things by the light of a lamp, lest you'll come to adjust the lamp and make a fire, um, is even if he wants to differentiate his clothing and his wife's clothing. But that law, that's only by the people in Mechuzah who are quite... Uh, quite uh, um, quite sophisticated and spoiled, and they the men did not really do very very uh, rigorous work, and they're like a man needs to have clothing that's a, with, with that where the sleeves are narrow and he can do his work, but they weren't doing much work, and uh, uh, and therefore the clothing of the men was very similar to the clothing of women had wide sleeves. Okay, but in the rural areas where men are men, <laughs> they work hard, and their clothing are clearly very different from their wife's clothing. They'll definitely know, and there's no problem of differentiating between him. You can use the lamp to differentiate between his wife's his wife's clothing and his his. Even when we said in the place of Mechuzah, where the men's clothing and the women's clothing is very similar, that they can't separate them by the light of the lamp. Elder Zakanos, it's only by it's only by the by the by the older women's clothing, which is quite similar to the men's clothing. Abadilados, but the girl the young girl's clothing, which is really wide, made the yadi. That's easily discernible between the men and the women, and there's no problem to no problem to check it by the light of the lamp. Tanarabana, we learned in a brisa. We said a person, it's not respectful, a person should not check his clothing for lice in the public domain. For respect for other people, it's disgusting to do that. And similarly, Rabbi Yehuda said, uh, a person shouldn't take an emetic, okay, Bershu Sarabi. He shouldn't make himself vomit in the public domain. They would vomit, let's say, to, to, uh, to uh, alleviate themselves or to, or to be able to eat more food. You don't do it in public. It's disgusting. Because, it, because it's not respectful to other people. Tanarabana, we learned. Hamafla is Caleb. If a person, now we're going to learn opinions about checking your clothing for lice vis a vis the problem of killing lice. So just to introduce, there's, a, there's a, a, an argument whether it's forbidden to kill a louse on Shabbos. We don't mean people, we mean, we mean the insect. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? Because it's question whether a louse has the rule of other animals that, 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 uh, that, uh, that reproduce. Uh, and we'll just, other times we can discuss why there can be such an, but, uh, such an argument, but there is. Okay, 
So therefore we say, Molel, because we see, for a person who wants to check his clothing for lights on Shabbos, Molel Vizorik. He can, he can roll them in order, to, in order to weaken them that they shouldn't come back on. Vizorik, and he throws them, but he should not kill them. Why? Because there's a rabbinic prohibition for killing lice, even though it's not a term. But so therefore, you don't have to worry. You can roll them. Because of the worst, it's going to happen to be a rabbinic thing, but just be careful, don't kill them. Abashalom, he says, no till, he says, you can take them, but he says what you should not roll them, okay, because we're afraid, uh, we're afraid that you're going to kill them, and killing lice is a Torah prohibition, therefore we have to make a rabbinic decree that you can't roll them. Um, Rav, Huda, Rav, Huda, Rav Huda says, Ha-locha, what is Ha-locha? Molel Vizorik, you roll them and throw them away, and you notice he doesn't worry about saying don't kill them, he doesn't, it's, it's not a problem. And the reason you're doing it, even during a weekday, you should always roll them and not kill them, because that's a nicer way to be, it's, it's, it's not nice, it's not, it's not honorable in front of other people to be doing that. You just uh, take them off and roll them and, and throw them. Rabba, Makatalu, Rabba would just kill him, okay, and even on Shabbos. Rav Sheshes, Makatalu, would also kill him. Rabba Shadile, Lakana Demaya, Rabba would throw them into a bowl of water. Amalu Rav Nachlebante, Rav Nachman said to his daughters, Ketolin, said, Kill the kill the lice. Bashminali called the son Vos the son Vosi, and let me hear the voice of my enemies as they die. Tanya, Tanya, the Bryce had taught. Rabbi Shimon Lazar Omer and Harganas Amacholos Beshabbos. We are not allowed to kill a louse on Shabbos. This is the opinion of Beshamai. And Beshil will say that it is allowed because they believe that the way a louse comes into existence precludes it from the prohibition of killing on Shabbos. He also said these arguments between Beshamai and Beshil on Shabbos. First, Beshamai. We are not allowed to make arrangements with someone to marry off a girl. And we're not allowed to make arrangements on Shabbos to teach a boy a safer. And we're not allowed to make arrangements with someone on Shabbos to teach a boy how to make a living. The reason for this is because the Navi told us that we're obligated to honor Shabbos by not involving ourselves in legal and commercial transactions. Furthermore, Beishamai said, We are not allowed to comfort mourners on Shabbos, and we are not allowed to visit the sick on Shabbos. The reason for this is because it makes people sad. All this was the opinion of Beishamai. And Beishila says that all of these things are allowed. The first things, even though they are legal or commercial transactions, since the Navi only said, your needs, it's only those kinds of transactions which are for your personal needs, as opposed to these things which are mitzvahs, to teach a child how to make a living, to teach a child a safer, to marry off a girl, all those are mitzvahs. The last things, some people say, are permissible because they are kindness. And we said, if a person goes to visit a sick person uh, on Shabbos, Omer, what do you say? Shabbos, see Melissa, you say it's Shabbos, which from crying out, we're not allowed to cry it on Shabbos. And the healing is close at hand, it's, it's going to come quickly. It's going to come soon. Rabbi Meir Omer says, He says, look, Shabbos can, itself can have mercy if you'll, if you'll, not, if you'll not trouble yourself uh, 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 and, and keep honor, honor the Shabbos and not be troubled. Shabbos itself will bring about a healing. What do you say when you visit a sick person on Shabbos? Hashem should have mercy upon you and upon the sick of Israel. Rabbi Yossi says, Hashem should have mercy upon you amongst 
the sick of Israel. Shavni Yisrael a very famous person, when he would enter to visit a sick person, Omer Shalom, he would say peace. With Siyoso, and when he went out, Omer Shabbos, he would say, he, he would say, it's Shabbos, okay, Milizok, that we're not allowed to cry out. Rufur Kovalovo, and the, and the, uh, the healing is close to come, is quick to come. Rachamov, and Hashem's mercy movement is very great. And rest on Shabbos uh, in peace. Keman Azel Ha, we see the Gemara says, who does this follow, the following opinion? Dom Rebbe Chanina, when Rebbe Chanina said, a person that has a sick person at home, when he prays, he has to include the person amongst the sick of Israel. Keman, who is it? It's clear. It says, it's like Rabbi Yossi, who said before that, that the person should say uh, that, that, uh, that Hashem should have mercy upon you amongst the sick of Israel. Rebbe Chanina, and Rebbe Chanina said, he says, he says Says, again, it was only with with, uh, with great difficulty that the rabbis allowed us to comfort mourners and to visit the sick on Shabbos because they make the one who's visiting sad. When we used to follow uh, Rabbi Lazar to visit a sick person, Zimnin, <coughs> sometimes, Amr, he would say in Hebrew, Hashem should remember you uh, to peace. Uh, and sometimes Omar he would say in Aramaic Rachmana Yidkirina Chlishlam he said again he'd be saying Aramaic the same thing Hashem should remember you to peace so he says, what is that? How did he pray in Aramaic? You know, you're not supposed to pray in Aramaic. Didn't we learn a person should never ask for his needs in the Aramaic language? Anybody asks for his needs in Aramaic, the, 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 the ministering angels won't, won't, they won't, they won't deal with them. They're not going to help him bring, they're not going to bring those prayers before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because the ministering angels, now this, it depends how you learn this. Either you say what they don't understand it, or they don't like it. <laughs> Every limb, but they don't. They don't but they don't. They don't they, 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 we can say something. They don't understand Aramaic, or they don't like it. Whatever it is. So how can you pray in Aramaic? The Gemara says no. There's a difference. Shani Yeah, we we'll have to. It's a long discussion. Shani <laughs> Chol. So you say it's different when you pray for a sick person. Why? Because you don't. There's no angels involved. You don't need any help. Why? The Shechina Imam. Because with a sick person, the divine presence is right there with them. you. When you pray for a sick person, you're right there with the divine presence. He said, How do we know that Hashem is is supporting, lifting up? The, the, poor, the, the sick person who is weak from his weakness. Shinemra, as it says, Hashem Yisadenu, Hashem will support him al eres davai, on the bed of illness. Tanya Namihacha, we learned a brisa like this. If a person goes in to, to visit a sick person, so you shouldn't sit above him. You shouldn't sit on a couch, nor on a high chair. If you wrap yourself up, like we learned earlier by the judges, in a way that shows you have fear of God, you don't look right or left, you're in tremendous awe of the divine presence. And you sit in front of it in a lower place, in lower, lower than he is. Because the divine presence is above the head of the of the ill person. as it says, Hashem and Hashem supports him on the bed of sickness. How do we know that Hakadosh Baruch Hu uh, um, sustains the, the sick person? Hashem will sustain okay, uh, on the bed of illness. And we said a person can't be by the light of the lamp. Amr 
Rabba, Afilu Gavor Shtei Kamos. Even if it even if it's the height of two men, it's it's out of reach. But Afilu Shtei Mardeos, even even the height of two uh, ox goats, very high, he can't reach it. But Afilu Sarbatim Gazal Gavze, even ten houses, one on top of the other, and the lamps on top of there, you can't read by the light of the lamp. Why? Because the rabbi said, don't you don't, even if you can't reach it. Uh, now remember the Lushan said the language of the Mishnah was said he should it said in the, in, the, in the singular he shouldn't read by the lighted lamp so she'd say from the Mishnah one can't read but it's fine for two people together uh, to read why because one will remind the other and they won't come to, to tilt the lamp I, I, I find it difficult to say that we have a kasha about Tanya didn't we learn we learned in a, we, we learned in a Brasa clearly not one not two so how can our Mishnah imply that one is forbidden to read by the light of a lamp, but two can. It says, what? It's not the difficulty. Here's where they're reading one, one paragraph, one subject together, one paragraph together. And Khan, when we say when we say that it's forbidden, where they're reading two different, two different parts. So when they're reading the same part, so therefore, therefore he's gonna he's gonna know what's happening. But where they're reading two different parts, then they're not gonna be able to guard each other. So that's the answer. Um, Rav Huna, so therefore what? It depends. So if they're reading, if they're two people reading one part, it actually can because they're going to remind each other. Um, Rav Huna, Rav Huna says when it's a, a bonfire, I don't know what a bon is, but anyway, when it's a big fire, when it's a big fire, I feel even 10 people will be forbidden to read. One, because they're not so close together, and two, because everybody has the, the, uh, the fuel, the, the logs are sticking out by each person. They can grab them without the other person stopping them. Amar Rava, im adam chashavu, Rava says if the person is a very uh, important personage and they don't, they don't, they, they're not, they never, adjust, they don't adjust lamps, mutter, that person would be allowed to, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to read next to the lamp on Shabbos. Macy Begumar says, one second, you're going to tell me an important personage can, I'll bring you a proof that even a very important personage cannot read next to the lamp. Basically, then we learn, lo yuku, lo aneir, a person shouldn't read by the light of a lamp on Shabbos, shamayate, lest they'll tilt it and, and make a fire. Amri Rishwab and Elisha, Rishwab and Elisha, famous rabbi, he said, Ani Ekra, he says, I'll read, don't worry, and I won't tilt it. Pamachaskara, one time he read, Ubikesh Lahatos, and he actually began to, he wanted to, to, to tilt it. Rame said, Oi, he said, how great are the words of the, of the wise men, that they would say, that they said, that, that, that you should not read by the light of the lamp. That's not what happened. It wasn't almost. Kara, the truth is, Kara, he read Vehita, he actually did tilt the lamp. And then he wrote on his on his notebook, Ani ben Elisha, I ben Elisha, Karisi, Shabbos. I read and I tilted the lamp on Shabbos. The Kashiyibane Besamigdash, and when the when the Besamigdash will be rebuilt, I will bring a fat chatas, a fat sacrifice to atone for what I did. So you see clearly, so you see, even if he was an important personage, so even an important personage was not allowed to read. Otherwise, he would have said he was allowed to. So we said no, it doesn't matter. We said it's correct what we said. An important personage really could. Who wanted never takes he doesn't adjust the lamp. Shani Rishmob and Alisha, Rishmob and Alisha was different than other people, even though he was a very important person. When it came to Torah, he made himself like a regular person. So he didn't conduct himself like an important personage, and therefore he also was included, even if according to, even if you say that an important personage is not included, he was included in the prohibition. Tanichada, one Brisa taught, Shamash Bode Koso Sukaros Laranir, that the serving person is allowed to check the cups and the plates by the light of the lamp to see that there's nothing unpleasant on them. But Tanya Idech, another Brisa taught, Loivdok, that he's not allowed to check. So the two Brisas seem to contradict. How do we answer? 
The Gemara says, Lo kasha, it's not difficult. Khan, here in the Brisa that said that it's forbidden to check, Bashamash Kavua, it's by a permanent servant who's very fearful of his master, and therefore he's going to check very carefully, and there's really a chance that he's going to tilt the lamp. Khan, but here in the Brisa that says that it's permissible, Bashamash Enokavua, it's talking about a servant who's a temporary, who's not permanent, he's not going to be that careful, and therefore he's no, there's, no, uh, there's no fear that he's going to tilt the lamp. Alternatively, the Gemara says, we can answer differently. We could say both Both are talking about a permanent serving person. And still not difficult to resolve the contradiction. Here, where the Brisa says that it's, that it's forbidden, it's when the lamp is fueled with oil, that's, that's fine, that's not smelly, and therefore the person is, is likely to tilt the lamp. But here, where the Brisa says that it's mutter, it's when, it's, it's when the lamp is fueled with nafta, which is smelly, there we're not afraid that the servant, even a permanent one, is going to come to tilt the lamp. Now the Gemara says, since you told me that the difference is not the type of servant, but rather you told me the difference is whether the fuel is smelly or not, Ibayelahu, so the rabbis had a question. When you have a temporary serving person, what will be his law when it comes to checking by a lamp of oil of non-smelly fuel? Do we say that maybe even during the week he would tilt it because it doesn't smell and therefore in Shabbos you have to worry about it or not? Amar Rav, Rav said, Halacha ve'in Rav said, the halacha is that it's permissible for a temporary serving person to check by the light of a, even of a non-smelly lamp, uh, but we don't tell everybody because people are going to come to, we don't teach it publicly because people will come to uh, take the decree lightly. Rabbi Yimri Ba'aba Amar, Halacha Umarinkin. Rabbi Yimri Ba'aba said, it's the halacha, a temporary servant can check by the light even of a regular lamp. Umarinkin, and we tell everybody, you can let everybody know. Here's a story. Rav Yuri Ba'aba Ikli Rabasi. Rav Yuri Ba'aba, who said that a temporary serving person is allowed to check by the light of an oil lamp, and we tell everybody, he came to visit the house of Rabasi. Kam Shmais, who was on Shabbos, and the serving person of Rav Yuri got up, and he checked the utensils. By the light of an oil lamp, to be see who, <laughs> so the the wife, uh, uh, um, to be to be see who, so the wife of Rav Asi said to him, Omar lo ah, you don't allow this, you don't allow the servant to check in our house. What's going on? Amar lo, so he said to his wife, Shabke, leave him alone. Karabe svirle, that servant thinks and is following the opinion of his master, who said that the servant is allowed to check under these circumstances. The Mishnah says that the Chazan sees where the children are reading, but he doesn't read. So it's a little difficult. So the Gemara says, I, we learned in the Mishnah that the Chazan sees, which implies that he reads, uh, and then it says uh, that, he, that he shouldn't read. Didn't you say in the beginning, Roa, he sees? My love, what does that mean? Likros, isn't he seeing in, in order to read, to see what's happening? Gemara says, lo. Lesader, Rashi Parshiosov. No, he, when he sees, he doesn't read. He's only allowed to organize the beginnings of the sections in his mind. If he'll get, get to the beginnings of the sections, the next day he'll be capable of doing his job of showing people where to read and correcting and showing them how to read if they need to. If he gets the beginnings, he'll be fine with everything. But he's not allowed to read. said the same thing. All he does is he organizes for himself. He just gets gets down the beginning of the sections. Where says Vakula Parshalo, you want to say what he's not allowed to to read the whole section? Mesive, didn't we learn Rav Shimon Gamliel Omer? Didn't we learn Hatinoko Shabes Rabban? The children in school, Hay Masadri and Parshio Sayem, that they would organize, they would learn properly their sections, Bikorin El and they would read by the light of the lamp. 
So we, and we're assuming that if the children are reading, also the rabbis, also the chazan is reading, their teacher is reading. Mar says, Ibai Seima, he says, no, I have two possibilities. If you want, I can answer this. Rashi Parshios, I can tell you, no, even the children were only, were only getting the beginnings of the sections, and they were only preparing, but they, but just like we said before, but they weren't reading. Ibai Seima, alternatively, I could say no. There's a difference between the children and the rabbi, children and the teacher. Shani Tinoko's children are different. They're always afraid of their teacher, and all week long, they never, they don't, they don't stretch a hand out without permission. They're always afraid, and therefore, lo ati let's lose you. So they're never going to come to tilt the lamp.